This morning as we open God's Word together, I am going to start a new series. Uh, A new series here that is just for the the month of August called Tune Up. And as we do that, it's a time of preparation. So preparation, maybe we think of that, it's August now, and I know it's not back to school time yet for those who are students or teachers or work in school administration, but preparation is happening, isn't it? Uh, There's school supplies that are starting to be gathered or plans are starting to be made and all the schedules are starting to come into place. Or, or maybe if you're one of those students who plays a fall sport, right, the, the practices, the conditionings, and, and all of those things are starting to happen. So even in this time before we actually begin, there are some things we do ahead of time to make sure we're ready to begin. So we, I thought this would be a good time for us then too as well. Before we start our our fall programming of of different Bible study groups and youth groups and Sunday school classes and those kinds of things that happen, that we take a little time and consider a tune-up, a tune-up for our own souls, a a spiritual tune-up, if you will, and what that looks like for us to take place. Maybe you've heard that term used before in, in reference to cars or automobiles, that you tune up your car so that it runs smoothly. And if you're like me, um, I have cars that I use and that my kids use that are a little bit older and have some higher mileage. So it takes a little bit of extra loving care to make sure that they're tuned up and running well and smoothly so that we know whenever we need to go somewhere, get inside, put that key in and turn it, it's going to start up and run just fine. This past spring, so this was a ways back, uh, the, the Subaru that my kids drive had an issue where one of my kids called me and said, all right, all of a sudden, the steering wheel just got really, really hard to turn, and all the lights on the dashboard just came on, just like that. So he pulled right off the road and said, yep, I'm, I'm going to park it, and we're going to figure out what's happening. Went and figured that out. The engine was running fine. It's not that the engine quit. So we'd pop the hood and take a look underneath, and, and it, it lost one of the tension belts. So the, you know, in an engine, there's those belts that run around all these pulleys and wheels that sort of spin around when the engine is running. It lost one of those belts, the belt that goes around the power steering pump and around the alternator, the alternator that creates the electricity for the critical electric components of the car to work. So those things stopped working. The steering didn't work and all the electronics went crazy. Turned out there was a, there was a bad pulley off the crankshaft there. So all we had to do was put a new pulley on, put that all back in, and tighten that all back up, and it all worked. It needed the right tension for that to work because when the belt lost tension, when there's not tension on that belt, it won't spin and run all those other things the way it should. So we had to put that tension back to where it needed to be. Put that pulley back on there and had to use one of those torque wrenches and pull it to just the right pressure to get that bolt back on tight again. Tighten up that belt so it's just the right tension. Not too tight, not too loose. Other things in a car work that way too, right? Your tires are inflated to a certain inflation. Not too firm and not too soft. Sometimes when we keep a car in good running order, when we do a tune-up, we pay attention to tension and pressure. Because there are some things in the engine that need just the right tension and pressure in order for them to work properly. 
I wonder, are there ways in which that same kind of thing maybe works with our spiritual lives, with our faith, with our walk with God? Are there instances where tension and pressure play into who we are as people who follow Jesus? It's worth considering. Let's at least ask the question today. And to do that, I'm going to use a passage that comes from John 16. So John 16, here's the context. This is the night that Jesus is being betrayed. The Last Supper has taken place. Jesus has washed the feet of his disciples. They're about to head out and go to the, to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is going to be arrested. And John records for us in his gospel some of these last teachings and words of Jesus to his disciples before that event takes place. That's what happens here. John 16 then, I'm going to begin at verse 25. It says this. Though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world to go back to my Father. Then the disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you, do you now believe? Jesus replied. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tension. Pressure. Thinking this morning a little bit about what that may look like as we are people who seek to follow God, that we live as his disciples and grow in faith. How does that take place for us in a way that helps us? So let's think a little bit about tension and pressure and what that looks like in our lives and, and some of the ways that we experience that in ways that, first of all, maybe are helpful, maybe a good thing. Think of it this way, that, that um, an ultra-competitive athlete, someone who wants to be the best in their game, people like that embrace a certain amount of tension or pressure to perform at a higher level, don't they? That, that they want to be the best that they can be, so they step up to the pressure of the big game to make that clutch play in the moments when they need to do that. That's a pressure and attention that they go after and they embrace. And they do that for a reason, don't they? That they would do that because they want to achieve that next level. 
They want to find that place where they can really achieve what God has for them. Or maybe it's, it's the person who loves acting and drama in theater and, and lands that big part on the big stage, even though you know that there's a certain amount of pressure that goes along with performing on the big stage when the crowd is full and all the people are there to see you. But you step up to that, you live into that, you pursue that because you want to achieve that goal and rise to that level. There are instances in life where we actually pursue certain kinds of tension and pressure because it makes us better people in certain ways. But note this, though. Pay attention to this, that those are the kinds of tensions and pressures that we choose, right? Those are the ones that we go after, Not the things that happen to us, but the things that I go after, that I try to embrace. What about tensions and pressures that come at us that we did not choose? The, The kinds of tensions and pressures where I'm not trying to achieve some kind of a goal. In fact, I didn't even choose for this tension to come at me It's just a situation around me that I can't do anything about. Doesn't it seem like in those situations, it's our natural inclination to avoid things like that, to to step out of that. I would rather not deal with that kind of tension, that kind of pressure that I didn't choose, but now it's on me. Think of what maybe that would look like. Uh, in, in a time of high inflation, I would not choose to have the tension and the pressure of having trouble to pay my bills every month. Nobody says, I wish I could have that kind of pressure that, that I had a hard time paying all my bills when they came due. That's not a tension that we go looking after, that we seek. Or when it comes time for holiday gatherings, if, if there's really strained relationships in the family. Nobody goes asking for the tension of, so are there people we should not invite because it's almost unbearable for certain people to be in the room together? That's a tension that we don't go looking for. We don't invite that in. Those are tensions and pressures that more come at us and we just have to deal with it. Tensions and pressures that those are ones that often seem to translate into stress, anxiety. Things that the default reaction is, I'd rather not. I'd rather avoid that. I would rather have nothing to do with that. How does that take place? What does that look like in our response as people of faith? when tensions like that come by, when we find those situations. You see, because our response to those kinds of tensions and pressures, those things can help us rise up as well. Just like the ones that maybe we do go after and we do embrace and we do long to achieve that next level of whatever it is we're striving for. Sometimes even in the things that we're not looking for, there's an opportunity there as well. We should consider that carefully, though, 
Because I'm not saying that we should embrace every tension and pressure that comes at us. I'm not saying that living with eternal anxiety and stress is a good thing. It's not. We should be careful in how we think about this. So let, let's consider that today. Let's consider what there may be as necessary tensions and pressures in our life of faith. Are there any parts of those things that are necessary? Necessary for us as people who live as people of faith. So this passage that Jesus, that we read from John here today, that Jesus gives this teaching to his disciples, this happens right on the night when he's going to be betrayed, and it's just a few hours from this moment when his disciples are going to scatter and run away. They're about to walk into a pretty tense couple of days, filled with pressure. Jesus knows that. He knows it's coming. So he gives these words to them to remind them. And he tells them in in that. Tells them as much as that. Time is coming when, in fact, you will be scattered each to your own home. And he says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. That seems odd. In that moment of tension and pressure, there's peace in that. And he follows that up. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Acknowledging that in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, there will be tension. There will be pressure. In this world, that we'll always find those places where we feel that tension and pressure. You know, there's something of a theme that you see throughout the Bible that begins all the way in the Old Testament, and it goes all the way through the New Testament, where God's people from time to time always seem to be exiles in one form or another, displaced out of their natural surrounding. God calls Abraham, and and he calls Abraham and says, I want you to leave the land that you're in, and I want you to go to a whole other place that I'm going to show you, and you're going to live in tents and wander around there. You're going to be this stranger in this land, kind of an exile in that place. A couple generations later, Joseph is sold into slavery and goes to Egypt, a place where he doesn't choose to go. And eventually, all the people of Israel get there, and and as the generations unfold, the entire nation becomes enslaved in Egypt, exiled there, a place they didn't choose to be or want to be. And as they go back to the promised land then, after God frees them from slavery, it happens with the Assyrian Empire and the Babylonian Empire that they are conquered and people are pulled away and they are made exiles in places far away from their homes. Or even when they are home, you have examples like the Roman Empire that comes and takes over. This theme of exile seems to take place in Scripture over and over again in the Old Testament. Exile, that we're not quite in the right place, that we don't quite belong where we are. A theme that comes through in the New Testament as well. This idea that now that we have been redeemed and restored by God through Christ, that we've been made new people, that we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, But yet, at the same time, we live in a world that is still sinful. 
that is still broken. That there's something about us and the way we live that we see through the lens of Scripture that we are ourselves exiles. Exiles because we know the world to which God is calling us to be in. A world where he wants us to be redeemed and restored and made whole again. A world that we see that picture of in Scripture that God will make all things new. But at the same time, at the same time, we know, don't we, that we live in a world right now that's broken, that's sinful. And we know right now, don't we, that we are sinful people. We were born with that sinful nature in us. We live as people right now as though we are people with one foot in that broken and sinful world because that's the world into which we were born. And the other foot leaning towards the world in which God has called us to be, a paradise, a recreated world where we've been redeemed and made new again. We have this tension, hear that, tension. We have this pressure of being pulled in two worlds at once. That we are, as followers of Jesus, exiles in a certain way. There is a necessary part of the faith that we have in God and the way that we follow God to feel that tension and that pressure. To feel that tension and that pressure when we see the sin and brokenness in our world around us. We ought to feel that tension around that. When we see injustice take place in our world and in our society, that ought to cause tension in our hearts. Something that awakens in us that says it shouldn't be that way. There should be tension there. When we see examples of evil take place in our world. There ought to be pressure, pressure for us as people of God to to respond in ways that say we choose not to live like that in that kind of evil. We choose to respond with love and kindness and mercy. We feel that pressure to do that. We live as people of faith then who have a certain amount of tension and pressure that works for us, that guides us that directs us in our faith. We see that. There's something of that that works in our benefit, that God uses for us to alert us where he's calling us to step further and further in our role as his people of faith. We see that in our world around us, but, but we know that even exists in the church. Consider the Apostle Paul. Paul, who God especially called and set aside and said, I want you to start new churches all around outside of the land of Israel. Gentile churches. Churches that are filled with people who are not Israelite people. They don't know anything about God or Jesus or the culture of what it means to be raised as a Jewish person following all the Jewish laws, they don't know anything about that. Paul goes and starts these churches, and Gentile people start believing that message of Jesus and coming into the church. Well, there's, there's Jewish Christians in there, and now there's Gentile Christians together, and 
there's conflict. Read any one of Paul's New Testament letters, any one of them. There's conflict within the church with different people figuring out how to get along. There's tension. There's pressure. But God called it to be that way. God called it to say, I want you to go to all the parts of the world. I want you to go to every part of your community to find people who God is calling to himself, people who are not at all like you, people who come from a way different background, people who don't know all the the rules that you've been brought up to follow. God calls them too. So even in our task of living in Christian community with people who are not like us, we have those moments of tension, pressure, as we reach to unfold people who God is calling to be part of his family, but maybe very different from who we are and how we live and what we value. So we embrace that tension. There's a place where we have to say, you know what, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to be okay with people who are completely different from me because God is calling us to one faith together. And so we embrace that. That there are, in fact, some tensions and pressures that are good for our faith when we recognize that, when we see that. So think about what this means for us. How does this take shape in our lives in a way that's helpful? Consider the ways that maybe we encounter different tensions and pressures. And and what do we do about that? How do we respond? What are some of the ways that maybe we react when we see that? Because we do live in a world where there's always going to be tension and pressure of some kind that comes at us. There's no denying that. I think the helpful thing for us today would be to consider, so how do we respond? What do we do? You know, there are, there are different kinds of people. Yeah, and maybe you've heard these kind of categories before, right? The people who fight or flight or freeze, sort of paralyze. And, and we all have personalities that engage at different places there. Sometimes, and this depends on who you are, Sometimes pressure comes, tension comes, and my first reaction is to punch. I'm going to fight back because I don't like the tension. I don't like the pressure. I don't like that there's something coming at me that I can't control. So my reaction is I'm going to control that tension before that tension controls me. I engage and I fight. I push. There's people like that. Other people are the kind of Just get me out of that situation altogether. Just get away from it. When there's even the slightest inclination of of something that's tense, I just need to get out of the room. I can't even be around that or near that. You know how that works. We've seen people like that. and, And we all sort of fit in a different place along that spectrum. But start with that. Recognize, how do you react when tension and pressure comes? What kind of person are you? Right? When that starts coming, how do you react and spin with that? Recognize that. 
So start with that. And then when those tensions happen, when those pressures come, when something comes along where either your reaction is, I'm going to push back against this. There's no way I'm going to let this happen. Or, or your reaction is, I just got to get out of here. I just can't even be here. When you encounter that, when you catch yourself doing that, maybe ask that question. Is there an opportunity here? Is there an opportunity in that moment of tension for me to grow in faith? I'm not saying that every time you feel a tension that there is an opportunity to grow in faith. Sometimes those tension and pressures are there for a good reason to get away or to not be in that situation. But it's worth asking the question, isn't it? It's worth at least analyzing and thinking through, wait a minute, before I either punch back or get myself out of here, is there a moment here where I can grow in faith? When I'm stuck in one of those situations where this is tense and I'm so uncomfortable and I either need to really push this out of the way or I need to get out of the way. When you're feeling that, ask that question. Is God placing an opportunity in front of me right now to grow in faith? Which may take place in one of those awkward conversations that you think, I just want to get out of this. Or may take place in those rare encounters with people that I would rather not be encountering. Whatever that looks like, wherever you feel that, wherever you see that, ask yourself that question first. Is there an opportunity here for my faith to grow, to engage something of what God is calling me to do, recognizing that, yes, 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 there are certain tensions and pressures that we feel as those people, one foot in a broken world, one foot in the world God is calling us to be into as his redeemed people. There are some tensions and pressures where can I engage that moment? Can I press into that? Can I, like that ultra-competitive athlete. Can I achieve something higher in that moment with that tension, with that pressure? Can I rise up to whatever God is placing in front of me to do? And if the answer to that, you, the answer that you automatically give yourself is, I don't think so. Mm, maybe there is an opportunity there, but God somebody else. Let somebody else do it. I don't know that I want to rise into that. Remember these words that Jesus gives to his disciples today? That reminder that comes to them where he says, even though you will have trouble in this world, take heart. I have overcome the world. That's such a good lesson for us today. Jesus says those words to his disciples right before their entire world was about to fall apart. Everything that they had known and lived into was about to be scattered and destroyed, or so they thought. And Jesus tells them, just remember, just remember. Yeah, you're going to have tension in this world. Yes, you're going to have pressure in this world. But I've overcome this world. It's going to be okay that God still holds us in that time. So whatever that tension is you're feeling, whatever that pressure is that comes at you 
in your life. Whether it's pressure of relationships, tension within family or friends, a job, schoolwork, whatever that looks like in your life, if there's a moment there, a moment somewhere in there for God to give you an opportunity to embrace your faith, remember that he's reminded you in that. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the gift of your word and and the reminder that you give us in your word that we are your people. Lord, we're sorry for the times and the places when we have either pushed back too hard and fought against tensions that come our way or maybe just ran away and tried to hide. When you've placed opportunities in front of us to follow you and to grow in you, Lord, help us to remember in those moments that you have overcome the world, that you are faithful, and may we in those times rely on your faithfulness to us to hold us and guide us as your people. Lord, thank you for that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.